Have you ever wondered how Abraham was saved in the Old Testament? Well, we're going to be answering that question on today's podcast. We're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 3 to answer the question. So get out your Bibles and let's jump into it. Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word podcast. Jason Jimenez here, as always. So glad to be with you guys as we continue our study in the book of Galatians. Now, if you are new to the podcast, we want to welcome you uh, to this platform where this is a community of Christians all around the world who want to dive deep into Scripture. Now, what we do that's kind of unique on this podcast, this is not sermon-based. Uh, we, we don't do topical teaching. This is a place where we go through the Bible chronologically. So obviously we started with the Gospels, then we did the book of Acts, then the epistle of James, and now we are currently in Galatians. And I think we're about four plus years in on this podcast, teaching through the scriptures verse by verse. So if you're new and you've never gone through the Gospels, you can always you know check it out in the archives, wherever you get your podcast. But also you could go to standstrongministries.org, click on podcast. My notes are available. So if you want to dive even deeper, or you're listening and you want to remember a particular Greek word or cross-references or something that I mentioned, uh, my notes are available at standstrawministries.org. We have archives there. Uh, we have articles there. We have the books that I've written there. And if you have uh, never subscribed to the, the e-news that I put out on a weekly basis through Stand Strong Ministries, you can go to our main website on the homepage. There's a section there. It's very easy uh, to find on the homepage. Put your email address and submit it and you will be getting our weekly e-news about, you know, stories that happen in my travels, updates on podcasts, the latest things that are coming out, um, also where to get books, uh, the videos that I put out, you know, just to inform you on different things, whether it be the culture or how to grow in your faith or sharpen your faith or, you know, how to defend your faith. Those things are on the e-news on a weekly basis. So take advantage of that. We would love uh, for you to be a part of that community as well so you can stay informed and continue to grow in your faith. So with that being said, let's now transition our time in Galatians. Now, as I mentioned last time on the podcast when we were just diving in to Galatians uh, chapter 3, this is a, if you will, a new series. And the, the, the title for this particular chapter is The Righteous Shall Live by Faith. And so last week, or I should say last podcast, we saw... Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's role in our conversion. And we cannot be converted. You cannot be saved, if you will. You can't come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's not enough to say, I believe in Jesus as my Savior. You believe in the indwelling and the empowering of the Holy Spirit that comes in your life. And we saw that in Galatians 3, 1 through 5. And the question that we answered was, how does one receive the Holy Spirit? And so if you didn't get that particular message, make sure you check that out as we now look at podcast 169. And we're going to pick up where we left off and we're going to be looking at verses six through nine in, in the challenge here now. And this is kind of interesting because particularly Galatians, there are certain books that are really reliant, if you will, on the Old Testament. And so what Paul's going to do here in order to make sense of what he's saying, talking to the Galatians that you're not saved by works, but you're saved by grace, he's going to use Father Abraham. And the question here is, how was Abraham saved? Because when you see in context today in verses six through nine, Clearly, Abraham was a believer. 
And we oftentimes get confused because when we reference the Old Testament as the Old Covenant, prior to Christ obviously coming into the world and dying on the cross for our sins, atoning for our sins, we then uh, think, well, only New Testament saints, if you will, including us, the church today, are saved. And so what were the Old Testament saints? Were they actually saved? And I've gotten a lot of questions, and rightly so, because it can be a little bit confusing. And so that's what we're going to be tackling on today's podcast. So with that being said, let's just dive right in and read these uh, four verses, verses six through nine in Galatians chapter three. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted him as righteousness. Now, if if you don't have the scripture in front of you, let me just say that there's a question that Paul is posing here in verse six. So what we need to do is let's just jump back to where we were reading from last podcast. And let me just start here in verse three of Galatians three. Are you so foolish having begun by the spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Now, remember, if you were with me in the last podcast, basically it was just questions that he asked. And, and that is something that Paul does often, particularly in Galatians. So he's posing that question. And then we, again, as we look at verse six through nine, there's other questions he's posing. Because then in verse four, he says, did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does he who supplies, remember that literally meant to provide for the chorus, being you're synced with the spirit to you and works miracles among you, do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith. And that's why he says, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And that's a question. He's like, don't you remember? Didn't Abraham believe? So if you guys believed and you've accepted Christ, remember Abraham believed prior to Christ and it was credited. It was, it was reckoned before God as him being righteous because he put his faith and trust in Jesus. You know, not Jesus literally, but the coming salvation that we now see that was fulfilled in Christ. So Abraham put his faith and belief in God. And so this portion here in verses six through nine, it acts as a parallel passage as Paul quotes from Genesis to show the connection between the Abrahamic covenant and the establishment of the law and catch this and also Abraham's faith as a prototype for future children of God. So Abraham's faith in the Old Testament was a prototype. He was establishing what people would later do when they commit their lives to God. And the Abrahamic covenant was the establishment of the law coming into the people of, you know, uh, of Israel later, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. And so what Paul's going to do is he's like, look, faith was even enacted in the past. And Abraham, he believed, he put his faith in God. And because of that faith in God, it was credited. God saw that as an act of belief in his covenant that Christ would come and later fulfill. So yes, he wasn't literally putting his faith and trust in the finished work of Christ because it had yet to happen. Now we know in the grand scheme of things, God in the eternal now, who's an eternal being, he sees past, present, and future all at once. So Christ's coming had already been, if you will, fulfilled, but not in the time frame where Abraham was living. And so this was a matter of making a covenant and God made a covenant with Abraham Abraham because he put his faith in Abraham. And so to defend justification by faith, because remember justification by faith was was not elaborated. This was a new doctrine. The, the, The belief in what Christ did existed, but unpacking 
what it meant salvifically, theologically, biblically did not exist. So the, the defense of the justification by faith, by using now Abraham, had yet to be done. Now, as you know, the Midrash and these other uh, writings from the Jewish people of ancient times, these commentaries that were expounding on the Jewish scriptures, that's one thing. But justification by faith did not exist. And so Paul's introducing a new concept, a new doctrine. And he's using Abraham, the father of the Jewish people, as a perfect example to repudiate the Judaizers. So he's doing two things here, in essence. There's, there's several, but these are the two big ones. One is he's pulling Abraham in the Old Testament, who, again, the Jewish people believe that's Father Abraham. He was the one that began it all. Well, guess what? Even when, he, when God called Abram out of the land of the Chaldeans to establish a nation, even then Abraham showed faith. And that doesn't change. There was faith in the Old Testament, even prior to God making a covenant in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15 and following, even before Moses came. And the other thing that's important, the second thing here is Paul's going to then use this example of Abraham for justification, meaning Abraham was justified by his faith. And so we saw the plan of salvation going back to the, to, to the garden when there was a sacrifice and he clothed Adam and Abraham and then he, you know, rebuked them and they were cast out and told them what they had to do in order to keep the covenant between him and man. And then you later see that with Abram, who then becomes Abraham. And then you see that with Moses and entering the promised land and then Joshua. And these are all you guys prototypes or these are all foreshadowings of Christ coming. Moses is one of the greatest examples of reflecting Christ to come, right? The great prophet. So just because this is prior to Christ doesn't mean that their faith is less than the faith that you and I have today. Now, remember the Jews, they, they boast in Moses as a great moral teacher, they, as a great teacher in general, as the father of the law. And not only that, but uh, Abraham. And so I love what Paul does here because even before Moses, he says, yeah, it, it, in a way, it's easy for me to look at Moses, but let's even go back before that and let's start with Abraham. And how he believed in God's calling for his life. This phrase, believed God. Paul here, you guys, is directly going into scripture in Genesis 15, verse 6. Where it says, he, that is Abraham, believed the Lord and it counted it to him as righteousness. So because of his faith, it was accounted to him as righteousness. God saw a righteous human being because he put his faith in a right, uh, uh, I should say, a righteous God. A perfect being. Not only that, but elsewhere, Paul will later refer back to Abraham when arguing with the Romans over justification. So again, he uses Abraham over and over again in Galatians. The writer of Hebrews will mention him in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11, 8 through 19. So Abraham is a prime example of seeing the work of justification that was already happening even before God made the covenant with him. He gave him a calling. And then Abraham, as he grew in his faith and his commitment before God, you would see that covenant grow. Now, of course, a covenant doesn't change because God doesn't change. And we see that in Hebrews 6 that he made a covenant and he swore upon it himself because he knew that, man, we would break it. But in terms of Abraham's perspective and his calling in that covenant, that grew. So when you look at Romans about justification, Paul says, what then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. 
For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So remember, that's exactly what he's dealing with with the Galatians over the Judaizers is you're not saved by works. So you don't boast in that. You weren't saved for good work or excuse me, you weren't saved by good works, but you're saved for good works. So Paul validates that Abraham's faith is prior to making a covenant with God through circumcision. That's what's important. So when you look at Genesis 17, verse 10, and you cross-reference that to Romans 4, 9 through 10, it wasn't the circumcision that caused him to be validated. It was, it was, it was, the, it was the faith that he had in God that then through that he, was, he, he had circumcision as a part of the practice within the covenant. Therefore, salvation by God's grace through faith was represented in the Old Testament. It, demonstrated, it was all demonstrated there in the life of Abraham. Now, if you want to take a further uh, exploratory means to look at Abraham's faith, you could go to Romans 4, James chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 11. You can actually go to James chapter 2, and you can actually see that in context from the, from the, the podcast that we had put out um, on, on the website. So this is fascinating because a lot of times people short give, it's like, you know, Abraham's kind of shorthanded here, that he, because Christ wasn't here, his faith wasn't really fulfilled. Or it was it didn't mean as much as as it means today when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and that's just not true. And that's why Paul was using Abraham. He was showing him, you guys, Abraham, even in the Old Testament, if you will, when you look at the covenant with God, that didn't happen because it was through circumcision. Remember, circumcision for the Judaizer was the primary sign of being in covenant, being in right relationship with God. Being a Jew was to be circumcised. That's their mark. But Abraham was accounted. His faith was accounted to him as righteousness because it was put in God, the object of his faith, not because of the circumcision. So that's a strong argument. That's why he continues to say here in verse seven, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. So God had promised Abraham that he would bless him in three specific areas, if you remember. One, he promised Abraham that he would be descendants. His descendants would be a well-established nation and nations, plural. Two, that their nations would be blessed. And three, that the coming Jews will receive a holy land as their inheritance. So these are the promises, land, seed, and blessing that came. Not LSD, we always say in seminary, it was LSB, land, seed, and blessing. So this phrase, son of Abraham, Abraham didn't just belong to the Jews. That's what's amazing. Just as Abraham, who was the forefather of God's children, just as he put his faith in God for salvation, those who put their faith in Jesus Christ are also considered children of God and will inherit the promises and the blessings that were given to Abraham. Now, I want to say this because this is something that is reoccurring in the book of Galatians specifically and also in Romans chapter 4. As a Christian who's a Gentile, we do not receive every single covenantal blessing or promise that was given to Israel. There are some people who, who have a covenant theology belief system or replacement theology is that we have been crafted in. It's no longer about Israel, the Jews, but it's about the church, God's chosen children. No, that negates Israel. There's both and. There's unfinished business and there's promises that God gave Israel that have yet to be fulfilled and they will be fulfilled one day. A lot of them will actually be fulfilled in the tribulation period and also in the millennial kingdom. That is not applicable to the church entirely what the blessings and the promises are is again thou bless all the nations who who honor me and know me as as god and then of course the the forthcoming christ who would come as messiah who would give up his life 
as a ransom for many. So the true spiritual children, and this is the key thing that ultimately Paul is pulling from by saying, look, there's a seed that Abraham has, but there's also seed in Christ. And so we are, we are spiritual children of Abraham because we've put our faith and trust in Christ. Now, again, Abraham didn't do that literally, didn't put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but he put his faith and trust in God. And he believed in his promises to come in the future that he himself would not see in his time. In Romans 9, 6 through 8, Paul writes, But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all children of Abraham because they are his offspring, but through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. So when you actually look back and you see how Jesus responded to the religious leaders, just like uh, uh, Paul's doing in Galatians to the Judaizers, he refers to Abraham, Jesus, just like Paul does. In John 8, 39, Jesus rebuked the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes, because he says, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works that Abraham did. See, and that's what Paul's applying here in justification by faith is saying, if you're truly a child of God, then you would have the faith that Abraham did because it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, the religious leaders, remember, they weren't truly God's children. They weren't really uh, from Abraham, the children of Abraham. They may have been the seed as a Jew, but they were not living out the promises. It was not just the genetic connection, if you will. It wasn't just the, the ethnic connection. It's also the spiritual connection because remember, as a Jew, it's not just the religious standpoint. It's the spiritual. You're a body soul. And so the religious leaders, they're not truly children of Abraham because they lack faith in God. They were twisting the scriptures. They were holding to a false religion and they reject the Messiah to the point that they even wanted him killed and had him killed under the hands of the Romans. And then verse eight here in Galatians three, in the scripture foreseeing, literally in the Greek, to have seen beforehand or prior to that God would justify, meaning he would bless the Gentiles by faith. See, Abraham believed that would happen. Go to, and look that up in, in Hebrews chapter 11. He didn't see it in his time, but the scriptures foreseeing because God who through his spirit inspired the scriptures upon the 40 different authors there's cohesion, right? There's, there's complementarianism. There's not inconsistencies, as, as people would like to say. So the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, that would come. Remember, Abraham was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. We got to keep that in mind. It was through a Gentile that would bring the Jewish nation through circumcision, that covenant, and then back to the Gentiles who would be crafted in according to Romans chapter 9. So it says that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham. So notice, isn't that interesting? Now the gospel in the eyes of God has already been fulfilled. God doesn't do things in his plan as a sovereign God incrementally. It's done in totality from start to finish. So there's no gaps in God's plan. So even the gospel was being presented to Abraham saying, and you shall all the nations, literally in the Greek is ethnos or customs or ethnic groups, implying the Gentile nations, they would be blessed. So not just the people of Israel. So here, Paul in Galatians 3, 8, he's quoting from Genesis 12, verse 3, and he's referring to the future justification of the Gentiles. And that's important because righteousness was not only for the Jews. 
Salvation was not only for the Jews, it was also for the Gentiles. The IVP New Testament Commentary Series writes this, quote, in Paul's quotation, the phrase all nations from Genesis 18, 18 is inserted in place of the phrase all the families, or the NIV says all peoples, according to Genesis 12, verse 3. This combination of texts in his quotation indicates that Paul's primary purpose is to demonstrate that Scripture witnesses to the inclusion of the Gentiles and the blessing promised to Abraham, end quote. So when God's blessing his Jewish people, sometimes saying you will inherit this land, for example, Israel, the land of Israel, that wasn't just, for, that wasn't just that's not just, you know, saying as you receive it, so will the Gentiles. So th- there's, there's, there's some um, inclusion that takes place but not entirely. And the reason I say that is because, again, we do not come in and take over promises that God gave Abraham. But when God was already calling Abraham and he put his faith and trust in him and says, you'll be the father of many nations in Genesis 12, verse 3, he was including the Gentile people, not just solely the, the, the Jewish people. So that's the balance of the text of how we read it. It's not just the Jews, and it's not now the Gentiles take over the Jews. It's God calling Abraham to start the nation of Israel someday through his ancestors. You know, we see that with the patriarch, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob becoming Israel, being the first Jew. And then the descendants afterwards. And then in time, we would see the blessing that would fall upon the Gentile people that God would use the people of Israel to proclaim God's good news and his promises to the world, which was one of the callings that Israel had. Sometimes they did it. Other times they failed. So this phrase here, preach the gospel beforehand, Abraham obviously didn't receive the fullness of the gospel at the time that God spoke, right? We know that. But what's important in the phrase that Paul is you know, using here that he's implying is that Abraham at the time, he received a prototype of the gospel, just like Abraham is a prototype. So God extended his grace. He extended his promises. He extended blessings through this covenant that he made with Abraham which would be received by faith, which again, that right there is a model of to come in Christ. And that's why he says in verse nine, so then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So even as God called Abraham, he foretold him that his seed will extend to a new group of peoples, the Jews and future Gentiles. And so Paul points out that Abraham is considered a man of faith because he believed. He obeyed the voice of God. And because Abraham in obedience left his hometown of the Chaldeans and he traveled thousands of miles to finally arrive in Canaan, that would result in the, in the future promised land that Israel would inhabit. Okay? And so that's why Paul, in conjunction of dealing with the Holy Spirit coming in our lives, he uses Abraham. The Holy Spirit was moving in Abraham's life. No one could put their faith, you guys, in Christ without the Holy Spirit today, right? We know that. But that also is applicable to Abraham. Abraham couldn't hear the word of God. God was moving through his spirit and he puts his faith in God in the covenant. And when we see in Hebrews 6 and we see elsewhere in scripture, particularly in Genesis 11 through 15, the Holy Spirit is working there. You can't have this, uh, you can't have somebody being justified by faith even in the Old Testament without the work of the Spirit. And so that's why Paul in the, in the first five verses of Galatians 3 is touching on the Holy Spirit. Then he uses Abraham as a prototype saying prior to circumcision, he put his faith in God and it was counted to him for righteousness. It was credited, it was reckoned as righteous. So how is that? 
then how are you saying that even after Christ now, you've received Christ, you've received the Holy Spirit, you didn't do it through works. Abraham wasn't saved by works. He was called by God and walked into a covenant and it was already accounted to him for righteousness and then he was circumcised. And then this is important because then this will lead into our next section in our series, the righteous shall live by faith in verses 10 through 14 of Galatians 3 to have that connection because he says here in verse 10, for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse for it is written, curse be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So now by using Abraham as a prototype, as an example, Abraham was under the law, but he had a right standing relationship with God. And if it was solely just through the law that he was trying to live to be honorable to God, he would have failed. And that's why God ultimately made the covenant with himself so that it would prevail because man would fail. Just like salvation then. We don't bring anything to the table to be saved. We, in humility, accept the work that Christ did for us because we could not do it on our own. So I pray that that has helped you guys understand in answering the question, how was Abraham saved? He was saved just like we are today. He put his faith in God because it was through God's grace that woo and attracted and moved on his heart that he believed in God rather than the deities, right? The polytheism that Abraham grew up in, in, the, in with the Chaldean people. And so that's why it's important to understand that we don't take away from the faith that Abraham had. We don't take away from the grace that God gave Abraham and calling him into this covenant. We see the prototype. We see the justification by faith was there in scripture. And we clearly see here with this phrase here, he preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. So there are signs of the gospel, you guys, in the Old Testament. So thank you guys for listening. I hope that made sense to you guys. If you want to reach out to me, if you have any other questions, maybe it's a personal one, uh, an apologetic one, a theological one, or something here in the context of scripture that you want me to try to do my best to respond to you, you can reach me by emailing me at info at standstrongministries.org. Until next time, keep standing strong, my friends. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the Word of God.